Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. I am fresh off of a very, very busy weekend. Um, for those of you that don't know, I had a client competing down south on Saturday, uh, a FedEx show in Telford. Um, and then also another one competing on the Sunday, but that was in Hayward. So give you a little bit of an idea, I live in Scotland. Um, it was planned from where I stay, uh, about a six six hour drive down to Telford. Now I travelled an hour uh, south to pick up Ian from Edinburgh and then actually when we checked the, the sat-nav it was like oh three hours and 30 minutes from where we were. We're like brilliant, we're actually going to get there a lot earlier. Well that turned into uh, five and a half hours or six, six hours. Bear in mind, um, well I left my house at nine and we got to the hotel the night before uh, for 20 to 5, so seven, 7 hours and 40 minutes in the car, which was brutal. But, um, and then we kind of competed Saturday, and then on the sun, so after the show on the Saturday, we drove uh, two hours north back up the road for my client Ian, that was competing in UK the FBA on the, uh, the Sunday. So, and then, and then thereafter, back up the road, which took took about four hours as well. So it was, uh, it was a busy weekend, but it was well worth it. And uh, again, I think that these weekends make me feel very grateful to be part of the bodybuilding industry, part of the bodybuilding scene. Um, I, I literally this Saturday spoke with so many people that I knew, whether that was coaches, competitors, guys that I've known from 2017, 2016, uh, coaches that I've known for that long as well, and just awesome day to be part of. It spent you know spent with like minded people chatting, chatting shop, and. Before I go on, uh, I want to just say a big shout out to Ailey and, and Hannah that both came up to me and um, spoke about either the fact that they listened to the podcast or that they watched the YouTube tutorials we have and that how helpful they've been and you know how they like the podcast. It was, it was truly humbling. It was uh, truly amazing to hear. Um, Ailey, I think you stopped me just before Ryan was away to go on. Um, so I was rushing about to find out what time uh, the show was starting because Ryan was first on. So I know we didn't get a chance to talk talk a lot, but um, thank you for your kind words. And then Hannah saying to you, uh, Ryan was just waiting to go on again <laughs> for a second class of the day. Um, but hey, it was, it was great to it's great to catch up with anyone um, at these shows. But to hear, uh, you know, to drive almost seven and a half eight hours down the road and then to have someone say, "I'll listen to a podcast," which is just me in my little office uh, rambling about uh, you know some nonsense. Is, is just amazing, just awesome to hear, and I'm so thankful that, that, that people are listening out there. So, how did the, the weekend go? Well, it was fantastic. You know, it was Ryan's first time on stage, and um, he won his first timers uh, category. He then went on to do classic later on that day, which he didn't place in. Uh, I think it was very fair, to be honest with you, and I think that that. Um, that result probably has maybe inspired this podcast a little bit um, based on just my increasing uh, awareness of class criteria, uh, knowledge, what some federations are looking for, and then going into kind of what is, uh, you know, looking at being there in person. I said to Ryan, I went, Ryan, you're not a classic guy. You know, you are a um, you're a bodybuilder and it was very evident the look that the top three in the classic had um, but it wasn't 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 uh, wasn't Ryan you know Ryan's a bodybuilder but anyway I'll get into that um, so anyway after 
he competed. We drew up the road two hours for Ian. Uh, the next day, we spent all day at UKFBA. Um, and unfortunately, Ian, I think he, we, we got nipped and we, we placed about fourth, uh, which I think, again, it was fair. And um, it was just the guys were a bit bigger. And then I think both, you know, that result there, again, is inspiring the second part of the podcast, just about sort of accepting results and maybe how I've changed as a coach in my uh, my attitude after a result, uh, whether it kind of goes our way or not, um, and just just talking about you know being honest with your clients. So, I think uh, to start off with, if we're thinking about you know understanding class criteria, let's take um, let's take the two trends that are happening right now. Right, everybody wants to be a classic bodybuilder, or a lot of girls want to be wellness girls. Two sort of things that you need to understand. Okay. Are you a classic guy or are you actually a wellness girl? So if you look at the class criteria, you might you might think that you fit into it because you're like, right, I want to get my legs out or, you know, I want to be that girl with um, big, bigger glutes, more muscle. But you might not be ready for that right now. But if you're telling me you want to compete next year, you might need a bit more time in the oven. So I would say, right, before you say... Are you right? I want to compete and I want to do classic. You have to think of it all for classic guys. Yes, they're looking for many bodybuilders, hundred percent, but they're also looking for quite good-looking guys. To be fair, you could say that about men's physique, but I think it drips over into classic physique as well. Like a lot of guys that do well, they have certain shape and structure. Like nothing's overpowering, but they also—I mean, a lot of them have a tash. They're also fairly good-looking. Um, when it comes to wellness it's the same as bikini but people say it as a step up and often they think they fit that criteria because they're judging it based on how they look in an off season if they've only you know, ever been through a gaining phase once before or whatnot opposed to thinking oh well actually this is what i look like lean so this is the class that the class that i actually fit into and um, it's being aware of that but also knowing that there is criteria that can be interpreted different from show to show, from federation to federation, from judge to judge. And that is kind of unfortunate, right? Um, I'm sure Rob wouldn't mind me saying, but he he, he said on his, his Instagram, uh, this is Rob TMLRF, you know, leading prep coach company in the UK, he'd said that his, his client Charlotte, who's a coach under their brand as well, she had was fighting for a pro card so many times that some shows, one judge was telling them to come a bit softer, one judge was telling them to come a bit harder. Uh, so what they started doing was the look that they presented for that show was individually based to that judge that was judging on that day. And that's so specific, man. So specific. And I think that anyone out there that's wanting to be a bikini girl, um, you have to be aware of the interpretation of results, particularly from the same... Sorry, interpretation of judging from the same federation between shows to shows. And there's an example of, uh, there was a female uh, that, that won an overall with two bros uh, about six weeks before their finals um, and then went on to the finals and then didn't place, finished last in her class effectively, which is a real shame because she was good enough to, to win. Um, but what you found was that it was a different set of judges at the finals than it was six weeks before. So how the look that they wanted was interpreted or how bikini shoot you know how the look that they wanted was different than it was six weeks before and i think that's really inconsistent really unfair on the athlete and um 
you know, that's really disheartening to win and then to, to be then think, told you, oh, you're not good enough and that, that shouldn't, that shouldn't, you know, that's not the look we want. Uh, it's more confusing for the athlete and the coaches more than anything, but this, this is part of the sport, you know, it was a bigger event and they wanted some inter, uh, international judges, some judges from America and Europe. Um, and that's that's cool. That is what it is. It, but it's because what it does is it makes the bikini class probably, I think, one of the hardest ones to, to prep for because it's based on who's there on the day and what, and what they want. Whereas other classes such as uh, bodybuilding, well, the criteria is, yeah, it can be interpreted different, but it looks roughly the same. Like if you come in big, dry, hard, uh, shredded, then you're going to do well. It's a no-brainer unless someone shows up that's bigger, drier, more shredded, blah, blah, blah. Um, between Federation and Federation, you, you, ne you never see something that surprises you. But in the likes of the bikini class, you will. Now, I think that there, there's maybe some girls out there that have uh, more of a figure shape but aren't quite there yet. So they, they jump into... Uh, bikini but if you have that desire to compete sometimes you only really kind of fit in that class just now then sometimes you just got to do it because you've maybe not got the thickness for figure well if you've not got the thickness for figure you don't have the thickness for wellness I'm sorry because I think that the wellness girls are just as thick as the figure girls but with softer posing and probably um, one one example of that would be Chloe uh, Callum's client Chloe um, she has got really big glutes, really big quads, and she's fairly large up top as well. Um, go check it out. I can't for the life of me remember her Instagram handle for the moment. Um, but again, she actually dropped down from figure to the wellness class. So if you add up there and you think about competing and it's, you think about wellness, brilliant, I love it, but you have to really determine, okay, as you're pulling down, then you determine are you going to be wellness or are you going to be bikini because it might be you pull down and that you are going to be, um, you are going to be a bikini. Maybe the long term goal is wellness, and that's something you maybe do after a long off season or a long kind of couple of off seasons. Um, but it's definitely something to to consider. And I think that the more I coach in the industry, the more that goes on, just the more I can see what judges looking are looking for. And it's not very often that I'll get to the show and be surprised by by the result. I was a year or two ago, uh, but I think that was a lack of an experience, but it's, it's then looking at the result as a, um, a logically rather than emotionally because, you know, I'm biased. I think all my athletes are great and I want them to do their best. And if there's a split decision, I, I'm favoring them. That's human nature that's you know they're part of my team i'm shouting i'm their biggest cheerleader just ask ryan and uh, ian at the weekend who's the the one that was shouting the loudest from the crowd um, but then you have to look with everything logically so let's say um ryan so and he won't mind me saying this we had a, a really good couple of days chatting in the car because we, we had a lot of time um ryan did bodybuilding he looked apart and and uh actually said to him he we loaded Thursday, Friday, and uh, I think it was the Thursday night. He did the whole shaving and whatnot, but he went and got a haircut, and he like shaved off like all of his hair, a lot of his hair. And I messaged him. I was like, Ryan, who is this convict in my inbox? And uh, what have you done, with Ryan? And he was he was busting up. Um, but that was kind of when 
I realised I was like, hmm, we, he looks like a bodybuilder, you know? Um, and then you looked at the classic guys, the top two had a tash, the top three, uh, he didn't, sorry, the third guy, he didn't, but he was, uh, he was a good looking guy. And I said to Ryan, I went, look, one and two were very, very good. I don't think you would have got near them. Um, but I said the third guy was quite soft and he didn't have as good quads as you. He wasn't as conditioned as you from the rear. Um, but there was nothing on him that was overpowering. Whereas when you look at Ryan, particularly with the bodybuilding shots, his quads are very, like, I'd say they're overpowering, but they're just very powerful um, based on the shaved head and how he looks and just the overall you know, persona of his physique is that he is a, he's a bodybuilder and we're, we're now endeavouring now in his future classes to just solely stay in the bodybuilding class because that's where he belongs but also long term that's where he wants to be now if you were like a men's physique guy that wanted to move up to being a bodybuilder ask yourself you know do you suit men's physique right now or if you're a classic do you suit classic right now is that the class for you do you think that as the years go on if you refine the process if you added tissue in the right places would you continue to do better in that class? Or do you maybe have just no desire to do well in that class? You think, actually, I'm happy and willing to spend the time that's needed to add the size. Because if you want to be a bodybuilder, it's the biggest dudes, the most conditioned dudes, the driest dudes, they do well. Um, I think that if you're a good men's physique athlete, you could probably move up to classic physique, no problem. Um, but just remembering what they're what they're looking for. Um, like in, in bodybuilding, you don't need, you don't need the flow. Right, the men's physique flow, I think there's a classic flow now as well, just how they move, and particularly in their in their routines. It's always been there, but it's just becoming more apparent. And the classic class is probably the most popular one. Um, it's as it's as simple as that. But for for us at the weekend, you know, before Ryan competed, you know, I'd kind of said, right, you look like a mini mini bodybuilder uh, through WhatsApp and through a. Uh, through visuals as well, seen him, um, and then the closer we got to the show, I still thought, yeah, we'll have a run at Classic, but we needed to see him against other actual Classic guys to determine, well, actually, we're not Classic, we're a bodybuilder, you know, and be compared against other bodybuilders, and I guess that can be at times disheartening for someone who is solely focused on doing the Classic class, like, to hear, oh, well, actually, you're not really that classic. Um, but for him, it was kind of like, it was, I guess you could say it was what he needed to hear because it was the decision. That he was still buzzing and fulfilled from that winning that first place and was, he was just like, right, I know where I belong. And I kind of got that. Um, I remembered how that felt after I did FitX Novice Bodybuilding last year in one. I was like that, why am I trying uh, to do classic? I was like, I'm... I'm not classic. I'm, I'm not the, the best. I'm not the best looking dude in the world. Um, I don't like having the tash. Um, I don't suit it. I'm always clean shaven. Um, so I was like, look, I'm losing my hair a bit. But not to lose it. It's just receding, right? Because the gear. I was like, I'll shave it one day, and I'll probably I'll probably fit in that bodybuilding class quite well. Uh, whenever I decide to uh, compete, and I think that me being there and saying this to him probably made him accept the result so much more because the thing about bodybuilding is that we prepare so much for this right that we we forget that other people do as well and then when placing doesn't go our way 
we can first react emotionally, illogically, and maybe be angry or annoyed or not agree with something. But because I was there, and straight away after, I was like, that That was fair. Those guys were good, and actually I think you're a, you're a bodybuilder. How, how Ryan conducted himself, handled himself, how he accepted that, uh, I was exceptionally proud uh, to know him, to, to be his coach, and for, for how him to just represent himself and the brand the way he did was awesome you know he didn't ever lose character uh, he was congratulating the rest and sort of it still speaking away um, and then you know after that we left so yeah Ryan if you're listening buddy that was a, that was a great moment to see and uh, not many people will um, will have that reaction uh, but I think that maybe as a coach being there can help that because if I'm at the other end of WhatsApp I, I can't comment on um, I can't comment on the result like you'll see this all the time and I've got a few people that message me they message me one photo from Insta it's a screenshot from an, an iPhone a shitty iPhone maybe like an older model and it's bloody and they're like oh I thought that guy looks a bit shit or I, I don't agree with the result and I'm like how can you say that because when you're there in person sometimes it just makes all the difference um, than just a snapshot it's how they move as they transition it's how they hit certain shots yeah, from one photo, it maybe looks like another competitor was better from one pose. But just remember, like, there's maybe 12 poses. You know, someone looks good from the rear, but they look crap from the side. They don't look great from the front. They don't look great in X, X Y, or Z pose, but the other competitor does. And remember, it's all about point system. And um, just because one, one photo looks like someone's better, or a snapshot of a video, uh, I just, yeah, I've gone away from commenting on a result when I'm not there I'll always say client look okay it didn't go our way I'll say do you, do you know the reasoning do you know someone in the crowd able to to say do you have you know I'll look at some video footage and I'll I'll say yeah maybe it looks like we've been beat from the rear it looks like we've been beat from here or where but can't say you know, truly say until I'm till I'm there but I think um that brings me nicely on to uh to the Sunday where Ian you know Ian won his first uh show and that was uh, WNBF first timers. Ian's a, a natural guy, and uh, medium medium height uh, men's physique, and he won it quite well. When he looked at the scorecard, he really 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 did. Then we had this other planned show, which was down south. Um, and it was five weeks between it, so we did a PCA show. Um, he got it massed quite a bit because obviously natural, and the guys were maybe you know fifteen twenty kilos heavier. So that obviously didn't go our way, which was fair. But we needed something in between. And then on Sunday, this past Sunday, you know, I'm backstage and as a, as a coach, I'm looking at other athletes and whatnot, but you never really get a feel for how athletes look until they're actually on stage. So I was looking, I was backstage, we're pumping up and people were posing that. I was quite confident in the back of my mind. That I was like, we're one of the better ones here and um, we'll, we'll hit top three. But I was looking at everyone from the front and maybe from the side. I never even considered the rear, so they all come out, um, and when they go through the quarter turns, what we just found was there was a few, there was a three, there was four guys that were bigger from the rear, but one guy's honestly a bodybuilder in the men's physique class, and he shouldn't have been. But anyway, so the the top three they ended up placing, and the only thing that I could say separated Ian and him was uh, was the rear shot, you know, the the rear double, and the the rear lat spread, and then after it. When I went backstage to see him, I was like, look, really hard lines, but we were beat. And, you know, we were beat from the rear. And as, as a coach, 
given the logical explanation of, okay, this is why we're beat, because I've been in, like, I'm an athlete, I've been in that headspace before where you just don't understand, you're like, I look fucking brilliant, I look good, I'm, you know, Ian was a kilo lighter than his last show, but unfortunately, it's the nature of the sport. And how you cope with a loss or um, placing it in go your way, um, how you how you react from that will often dictate your trajectory moving forward. Are you going to let it cripple you? Are you going to let it get in the way um, of what you want? Are you going to use it to light that fire underneath your belly and uh, or underneath your arse, you could say, and, and be better? So what I'll say is that it's it's natural to be gutted after not placing. And I think that Ian was pretty gutted on Sundays. He said that on his Instagram post, actually. Uh, and I felt I felt for him, you know. I did feel for him because he looked brilliant. He really, really did. You pick another regional any other time of the year, the result's different. But the one that we decided to do, where we showed up, there was just guys that were better now. I jokingly said to him backstage after I went, you should have fucking done the Scottish. And the reason I said that is I had suggested to Ian that we do the Scottish um, six weeks before. I was like, I can get you 100% ready. Uh, he said no. And I said the same thing uh, three weeks out. I said, so I can still get you ready. He said no. Then he went. And then he had his posing coach was there said, you, you, you would win that if you did it now. But the thing is, if he had done that, he wouldn't have then went on to the first timer show and done as well as he did because he wouldn't be a first time anymore so you know it's um, it's uh, everything happens for a reason right and uh, I think Ian was quite content and happy I'm actually going to call him after this and discuss the next couple of years the off season we'll have it was his goal was to dip his dip his toes in um, dip his toes in to the, the competing scene he'd done that and he's done incredibly well and I think what we've learned is he's got a lot of potential um, heck of a lot of potential we just we just need a bit more time in the oven and we'll do that and he'll come back and what, and I'll, I'll say this fucking right now um, and I'll argue with anyone that says otherwise like he will be the British champion in 2024 hands down he'll be the best there by a long shot he has the potential to do that and as a coach it's my job to help clients achieve that potential uh, particularly ones that I can see and first timers will never see it in themselves you know but it's my job to, to, to see that to help them unleash it and, and to achieve way more than they think and you know I had to take you back to on the podcast talking about Ryan uh, two years two years ago he came on board um, pretty much right after the first lockdown and then we trained through the, the second lockdown you know he was sending me videos he was doing you know barbell squats in his back garden and there was snow around because he'd swept the snow away um, and we were speaking that in the car it was crazy to think of what we went through but at the same time his dedication to the goal never faltered right because everything we do, did was the discussion about what we're going to do in two years. So if you're a first-timer out there, I'd encourage you to start working with your coach as soon as possible. It doesn't matter. Like, when Ryan came on board, I was like, look, I think you need a couple of years before you compete. But, and then, hey, he went brilliant, cool, no worries. Worked his fucking tail off for two years, and then, hey, there you go. His first show, he wins it two years later. Um, and we've got, you know, we've got a couple other shows planned um, this season, and I'm very much looking forward to them. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you're thinking about competing the earlier you start working with your coach the better and that in my head has been backed up so many times with the, the 43 people that I've put on stage and the ones that are going to follow this uh, this year the remainder of the season we have a, a busy busy period left um, 
this Saturday. I'm actually down in Maidenhead at the Tubro Show, the JT Grand Prix. Um, it's going to be a busy one. I know there's a lot of people going, so again, if you are there and you maybe don't know me, please come and introduce yourself. I'm more happy to have a chat, grab a coffee or whatever it is. It's going to be a long day for me. Uh, I have to get the 10-7 flight out from Edinburgh uh, to Heathrow, uh, and then my, my girls aren't on till later. Um, but they all look fucking brilliant. And I can't wait because I'm like, I know the look that IFBB want and uh, I know they've got it. So it's just a case of who shows up and that was the that's the thing. Uh, I think that maybe all first timers or people in their first to, to you know, first second third season have to remember is that you may have done shows and have always won. That doesn't mean you'll always win. Losing is part of the sport. Um, you know, coming second is losing effectively, right? Because you've not placed first, but you got to look at it again. It's how you react to it, how you accept it. What I would say is give yourself some time post show. Like if 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 you know if you don't place or maybe a result doesn't go your way, be the same person backstage when you come off. Don't be a total dickhead. Don't do X, Y, and Z. Conduct yourself in the manner that you would want to see someone else conduct themselves in. Then leave. Of course, maybe you, you want to leave quite sharpish. Um, and then process that alone or with your close friends, family, your coach. You process it then and then you let out your emotions. You can be angry, you can be raging. Do not show that when you're backstage. Do not show that when you're at the venue. You don't want to be one of those people that gets a name for themselves um, and get, get shunned. I've seen it, I've seen people like take a big strop on stage when they get third or second um, or walk off with a face of thunder and whatnot. But I would say, look, be good, you know, be humble in victory and be gracious in defeat. And uh, I, I saw that two examples of that from my clients this weekend. And you know, I'm proud of you guys if you're listening, um, how you have handled yourself, you know, across your season or at the start of your season. Um, you represent yourself very well but how you represent myself and video physique you know is incredible and uh, i'm very very grateful for that so yeah if you've never listened to this before you're thinking god this guy's a bit soppy what's with that soppy bollocks well hey that's just who i am uh, who i am as a person and uh, you'll never get away from that something i wanted to just say on uh, today's podcast for those of you that do don't follow me on instagram uh, we have included a 30 minute posing session in online coaching we now have a package available for that we have we have packages that are available if um you don't want to do posing of course um that are a little bit cheaper but if you are thinking about competing and uh, you aren't sure about posing uh, we do now include that we have uh, bodybuilding classic physique men's physique bikini and wellness if you are bikini wellness you'll you'll be with, you'll be posing with clara if you are classic or bodybuilding, you've got me and Ali, I'll do more of the bodybuilding side of things, and uh, we have an announcement as uh, our, our new sort of affiliation, uh, posing coach, men's physique posing coach is Chris Rendell, um, if you don't know Chris, it's Crendel Fitness on Instagram, you'll probably see his photograph on Instagram if you scroll down, Chris is a great client of mine, um, he is very good men's physique athlete, and uh, last year finished top four in the world, he won the British top four in the world, and our, his goal is to win his Natty Pro card and he'll achieve that next year. He has a multiple placings across multiple federations, not only with himself, but within athletes that have done PCA, UKFBA, FedEx, 
UQP, etc., etc. So he's a great addition to the team and someone that I really value having. Um, so if you are a men's physique athlete, you'll be coaching myself or Ali and then getting your posing coaching from Chris. And the great thing about keeping everything under the brand is that as coaches, we communicate and we can say, right, hey, um, this is, you know, I'll say to this posing coach, hey, so-and-so checked in this morning, this is what we need, they need to work on next session, or they message me and say, hey, just had a session with so-and-so, this is what we worked on, this is what we proved on, here's some screenshots. Um, and then that way you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Everything's getting communicated between us and everything stays under the brand and via physique. Um, so if you are thinking about competing, and uh, now that would be uh, 2023, the absolute earliest, or, or even 2024, if you're maybe just an act of true beginner and you need some time to grow, then um, please do get in touch. You can uh, upgrade to that package at any point, or you can start on that and you can downgrade maybe when you've done done enough and then maybe bump back up to that when you are uh, when you're starting your prep for sure. But you should be practicing your posing as far away from uh, prior away from your show as possible, particularly if you're first timer, because the ones that pose the best on stage in those first timers classes that often do well, and first timers classes are becoming very very busy and the standards incredibly high. Um, I think you'll agree with me that. Um, a few years ago, you could do a first, you know, you have a, you have a first time athlete, you put them in that show, they look good, they're probably going to do well. Now you have a first time athlete, they better be fucking incredible if you put them in that first timer show because everybody else is as well, right? But you've also got other, you know, you got first timer shows, but then you also got federations that have first timers categories, so you don't necessarily have to do a specific first timer show. Of course, if you are a first timer, you're unaware of the different federations, what there is. That is our job as a prep coach to take care of that and suggest to you what federations we think your uh, physique suits. But hey, listen, I'm rambling now. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast about understanding the class criteria, not throwing the dolls at the pram when you don't get a result, maybe accepting that, thinking about things a bit logically and, and reasons to ask why it happened. And uh, hey, not, not being too hard on yourself if some people show up that are just better. That is unfortunately bodybuilding. Uh, and it happens, it totally sucks, I know how it feels, right, I've came fourth before when I knew I'd been better than the guy that came third, but I've accepted it, it was a kick in the balls, but again, it's about what you do moving forward, the week after that I was a British champ, so it's about what you do after a loss, it dictates your trajectory moving forward, and that's maybe something for you to remember from this podcast, but anyway guys, listen, I'll see whoever's there on Saturday, I'll see you, see you there, uh, if you're not, no, no problem, just uh, remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.